Hey kids, welcome back to On Stage, Off Stage. I'm your host, George Sapio. This week we are talking with playwright and producer Gina Scanlon. Gina has a master's in script writing from the University of London. She's had plays produced in both London and New York, and she has a few screenwriting projects currently in the works. Gina is especially passionate about empowering female voices and works tirelessly to rebalance the currently inequitable gender and minority representation in media. To put bread on the table, she currently produces and edits digital and social media content for BBC America in New York. We're here with Gina today to talk about the annual 365 Women a Year Theatre Project. Now, this project works with more than 300 playwrights, both male and female, from all over the world, who write about notable women throughout history. It's a heck of a project. The goal is to get 365 plays, all based on female subjects, written every year. Their website? 365womenayear.wordpress.com. As soon as this podcast is over, run, don't walk, go check it out. Of course, we started our interview with Gina right back at the beginning. This is a highly ambitious and massive project, if you can imagine it. So the first thing we wanted to know was, how did you get started doing this? It massive. Um, it started out really small. It was just a friend of mine and I. Um, we've known each other since high school. And we used to do a lot of theater together. And we're both writers. And uh, we were just, you know, kind of like, you know, talking one day. And we were like, what if we started this project to kind of help get more women writers out there and um, have their work seen and, and give them opportunities as well as kind of rewriting women back into history as well because a lot of times women don't get that you know spotlight in a lot of different stories that they so deserve and there are a lot of women out there that people don't know about throughout history that are really interesting uh, and deserve you know some some something to be written about them. So we thought maybe we should start this little project and see who was interested. And then we literally just started a Facebook page one day and then just they came flocking and we've been growing ever since. And, uh, and Jessica is the one who really mans the website and, you know, edits it and um, updates it. But, so we're, and we're talking Jessica. Tell us about Jessica. Oh, so, so uh, Jessica, Jessica, I know her as Jessica Eisenberg, but she is now, I believe, Jessica Shambly because she's been married. Um, not that her. recently. She's been married for a while, actually, but I still know her as Jessica Eisenberg because that's, that's who I grew up with. Um, but she is living uh, with her husband right now in Alabama. Uh, forgive me. I do not know the city. I should really know the city. It's, it's like, it's a big city. It's Montgomery, Mobile. No, it's not Mobile. It's maybe Birmingham. Okay. But don't quote me. Hi everybody in Birmingham anyway. So, yeah. Yeah. So she's living there. Um, cause that's where her husband's from. And, um, yeah, she's doing everything from there right now. So what, what led to this initial conversation? I mean, uh, we know as theater goers, mm-hmm. all right, or theater practitioners, uh, many of us do, that women are woefully underrepresented in the business. 
sure. not only as playwrights, but as producers, uh, as artistic directors a lot of time. Um, it's, it's still a, a male-dominated system. Mm-hmm. Were there was there a particular frustration that that kicked this off, or a particular incident? Sure. I mean, I think I'm safe in saying that we're both pretty pretty feminist, you know. So okay. we always had that frustration just uh, with opportunity in general, right? Not not just theater, but um, you know, women still struggle in in a lot of different fields. Absolutely, um, yeah. So we wanted to kind of do like a like our own Kickstarter type project where we were allowing women directly to write about women because we thought that would be a good place to start. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we decided not to vet the material. So that, you know, I mean, that's always a risk, obviously, but that's (laughs) kind of what, you know, sets us apart as well, because we're, we're kind of in it more for the educational aspect and not so much for the high production value of it. We want to get these plays in schools and we want, you know, young girls to learn about these women through, through theater. So that, that's kind of our goal. How do you market the work that is submitted? I've got a half a dozen questions just on what you've told me. How do you get this work out to schools? What's what's your marketing technique, and and how right. do they how do they know what to select, or how do they know what to go find? So we are still in the beginning stages of this project. It's uh, it just started last year, so this is only our second year. And we're still learning as we go, but the way it works at the moment is through the website, you can check out which women have been written about. There's just a a list in alphabetical order of these women. You can check them out. And um, educators have reached out to us through the 365 Gmail uh, address, and they have requested plays of certain women that they were interested in. Um, so we've had like, for example, we've had a guy who's a, a history teacher. I think he also teaches drama in middle school in Pennsylvania and he requested some plays. So then we just ask for the permission from the playwright, you know, would you, would you like this to be either performed or read at this school? And they either say yes or no. And then we, we just send them over. Um, some of them have been, we're, we're in the process of getting them all published. How many people are on staff here? <laughs> there is no staff. <laughs> <laughs> I use the word loosely, by the way. Yeah. Uh, man, if we had a staff, I'm sure Jessica would love that. Um, but, you know, I have to give her most of the credit here um, because she she really, you know, stays on the website. She stays on the Facebook page and she updates people. She, um, she follows the emails and she organizes it all really. Um, so she's lucky enough to have, well, a little bit of the time to do that. Um, does she have a day job? She does. She, um, she, I, she's still, she used to teach piano to kids and, um, voice lessons to kids. I don't know if she's doing that right now, but I know she's, she basically works as a a nanny, um, right now. So she has some time, you know, right now to do that. Um, I think in the future, 
if it gets larger, if it starts growing at the rate that it's been growing, we're probably going to have to invest in getting, you know, an intern or something. Right. Um, right. One, yeah. of the, one of the things that was that was getting me was the actual scope of this project, the number of plays. How, how many plays do you have written and ready to go as of this moment? As of this moment, uh, well, we have almost 300, almost 365 plays from last year. Right. And then as of this moment, we're still accepting plays because the deadline is technically December 31st of every year. So I don't have a uh, hard number, but I would guess that we've got at least 400 plays. Wow. Um, and they're one acts, you know. Um, they can be up to, I believe, 50 50 pages, but we ask that they stick around 10 minutes because it's just easier, you know, to put them in festivals and, mm -hmm. and performed and, and stuff like that. Yeah, short plays have all been the, the rage these past few years. Um, okay, what kind of playwrights can participate? Is it strictly female playwrights or do you accept work from men? So we do accept work from men. That was that was a huge conversation that that Jessica and I had early on, and it is a it's a controversial one. Um, a lot of the women involved in the project don't believe uh, that that should be the case. They think it should just be female playwrights. And um, you know, with all due respect to them, we just decided that we didn't want to uh, commit. Uh, reverse sexism, if you will, um, sure. because we, we want to be able to basically just get the word out about all of these women who've lived in history. And if a man wants to write about an amazing woman in history, I don't see why he shouldn't be able to do that. Um, because it's open to anyone and as many people as, as they want, so desire, they can, they can join. So, I, we didn't really see the need to exclude anybody because then you also get in, into the argument of, you know, what's a male, what's a female. You know, True. there's obviously yeah. the transgender community and how do you know if they're male? How do you know if they're female? This is all through uh, digital means. So, you know, we, we just didn't want to discriminate because that's kind of what we're, we're fighting against. I, I would – I've, I've asked myself this question a couple of times before coming to this uh, to the interview, and I kind of sit on both sides on this. If you wanted to make it exclusively for female playwrights, that that is something I would personally applaud. The project is about women throughout history, and to limit it to female playwrights seems to me perfectly logical, perfectly legal, and I mean not a problem. Um, right. Opening it up to men is, I think, a generous gesture. But I do. Th I'm wondering if it's just the 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 work itself, which is the ends to all these means. And regardless if it's written by a man or written by a woman, it seems to me that it's the actual existence of the work that is indeed critical to this. 
Yeah, I mean, look, I think, uh, like, like I said earlier, I think we're in this for uh, just general education on uh, the women who've lived throughout history and the women who have been kind of uh, pushed to the sidelines for whatever reason. And I actually, I mean, I'm speaking for myself. I'm, I'm not speaking for Jessica. We did have a conversation about it, but um, I just believe that if a man wants to learn about a woman in history and write about a woman in history for other people to read, I think that that's only positive. And in a way, it kind of it kind of creates more empathy, if you will, in, in my mind, um, where men start to get more interested in female stories and women's stories uh, that way. And I think that's that's a really important step as well. So that's kind of my thinking on on the decision. But but you're right. I mean, it it would have worked out fine the other way, too. And I and I definitely respect um, what some women in the project uh, how they feel about it. But, um, but um, yeah, that's, that's basically why we did that. It, yeah, it's, it's it's a perfectly reasonable uh, assumption or or thing for a female playwright or a woman in the business to possibly insist. I mean, why not keep it, you know, for women only? Right. It's, it's, and uh, we've had that. We've had that conversation, particularly yeah. in the New York group. Um, uh, but, you know, to, and to be honest, there aren't that many men involved anyway. I there, was looking through the roster of playwrights, you know, and they are few okay. and far between. Right. Which in one sense, yay for the empowerment of, of women writers out there. Let's hear more from you more constantly. But mm-hmm. it's also a little sad to see that the men haven't been jumping on board with this sort of thing. I don't see it that way. I actually think it's more um, who's who it's targeted to, who it's tar- targeted towards. I don't think that men are like shunning the project. I just think that men probably just don't know about it that much. They're not as aware of it as women because it's obviously targeted towards women writers. So I don't really see it that way. I see it as a good thing when a man wants to get involved, you know, and, and calls himself feminist and, you know, wants to tell these stories. Um, but I don't think that it's, I think it's mainly because of how we're marketing the project at this, at this stage. Okay. What makes a man a feminist? Honestly, feminism is just believing in equality. That's all it is. Equality for men and women on every level. Um, it's that simple. I like that. Uh, you started talking about quality before. And before I get to the actual question, I do want to mention that I am the artistic director of the Ithaca Fringe Festival. Plug. Um, hey. And one of the things we do is... When we ask for submissions, we don't vet them, same as you. And we get all these plays, uh, a couple of dozen, a few dozen every year. And we the only thing we vet them for are uh, city fire codes or extreme hate or something where other people could possibly be harmed or something like that. And then we throw them onto a hat. Excuse me. And we pull them out. One by one. And people in the area, people in the the funding council and the downtown partnerships and things like that, they always ask us the same question. How do you know you're getting something worth viewing, worth Mm -hmm. producing, 
what if it's a piece of crap? Right. And my question, my answer to this is that's what fringe festivals are for. Okay. For right. all the unproduced, not- unproduced people to get a potential airing. And besides, who am I to say what's good and what's not? Mm-hmm. With your case, you're accepting 365 plays a year from people you don't even know. <laughs> How do you, I mean, right. who reads these things? Uh, we do. Uh, when I say we, I mean mainly Jessica. Um, but you know, it, it really, um, we're kind of, we're kind of merging, um, if you will, with a lot of different branches around the country and, and, um, even worldwide. Um, there's been a project in Spain and there's been some in, in Canada and, um, but there's, you know, there's an LA, branch and and there were two New York branches and and there's one in uh, Austin and you know but this is is only what a year old two years old now it's not even two years old it's it's like a year and a half old basically so um we you know we basically take the plays that are in our general area and we kind of read those and vet those um but for the most part it's just yes just Jessica and I looking through the plays and, um, we don't, uh, we don't censor material at the moment. Um, I think the censorship would be something that would need to be determined, you know, wherever it's being produced and wherever it's being performed, there might need to be some changes made. Um, but yeah, we don't, we don't censor and we don't bet. We get what we get. (laughs) Wow. Okay. I have been looking through the list of women that are on the subject list. And just to start off with your criteria for eligible women to write about is what? Um, so we, we kind of have this rule where af- after a certain amount of white women have been claimed, if you will, we try to we try to have a, a cutoff of, of, you know, white women because we think that there does need to be some sort of balance um, in the minority pool. So, you know, we, we really try to encourage people to write about African-American, Native Americans, Spanish, you know, any, any different kind of minority woman um, because... Yeah, I think we just don't want the entire project to be filled with white women. That makes so that's kind of the equitable sense. Yeah, I was I was looking through the list of women that are being written about this year and women who are still on the list, and much to my I don't know discredit. I, I first of all let me mention I am a history teacher, and one of the things that was brought out to me luckily because I had a very well read. Um, <laughs> Uh, a history teacher back in college who pointed out that history has been largely written by men and there are very few women historians, or, or there have been, which was a point my totally male mind didn't even wrap itself around until she mentioned it, so I apologize to women everywhere. <laughs> but um, we're talking, okay, w- women that I've heard of uh, that are on the list, Amy Fisher, for God's sakes, all right? Um, Catherine de' Medici, so we're starting off with you know, a couple of uh, dangerous women. 
Oh yeah, I can't wait to read that one. Yeah, it's it's. I'm, I hope it's a comedy. Um, <laughs> Madonna, Clara Barton, uh, Isabella Duncan, Linda Ronstadt, Marie Curie, all these women that you know, we generally know and have heard of, and. But the majority of the lists, I have to say, are women that have not been in my personal sphere of information. You know, Claudette Colvin, Elizabeth Catlett, Q Jin, uh, Murasaki Shikubu, Shikibu, Emperor Wu. I mean, yeah. these, these are personages that I would love to read about just to find out who they are. Yes, that's exactly the idea. That's exactly what we're trying to do. So it's not so much how the content is presented and what is in the content. It's that that content is about that specific person and that content might get someone interested in that particular female and read more about them and learn about them. That's that's kind of the goal, you know, whether it be an abstract surrealist play and it's really kooky and it's about Emperor Wu, you know, I have no idea. I haven't read that one yet. Mm. But but you know, it gets people interested in the person and that's what we wanted. Okay. Um going back to the rapid what seems like globalization of three sixty five women festivals all of how did this take off? <laughs> Um, you know, just individuals expressed interest of, you know, wanting to participate in World Theater Day. Um, so there were some live streams uh, for World Theater Day of some one acts from the project. Um, there was also, well, we participated in, in Swan Day in New York City, um, which is which was basically uh, celebrating female artists and female plays female playwrights. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, there are general um, organizations, if you will, who learn about us, who want to connect with us in some way or cross-promote cross or cross-market with us. So we basically just take it on, uh, you know, people who reach out to us and, you know, eventually, you know, hopefully once we get staff, we can do more um, with that. But it's really a very DIY project at this at this stage. Wow. Okay. Um in, in the short time it's been in existence, it is, it's going to a lot of different places. I mean, congratulations on all that. So lay it out for me and the rest of all the playwrights out there. I want to contribute. I want to write you know, the greatest one act in the world about Eleanor of Aquitaine. <laughs> what's, my pro what's my process for getting into 365? Um, it's really simple. All you have to do, I, I would say, first of all, go to our, our Facebook page, which is 365 women a year. Mm -hmm. Um, and on the very top, Jessica has tagged a post that describes and explains in detail everything that you need to do to participate. Um, and then check out our website, which is embarrassingly 365womenayear.wordpress.com at the moment, but we are getting the domain soon. Um, but check that website out. Make sure that the woman you want to write about isn't taken yet. And um, I think... I believe, don't quote me on this, I will double check, but I believe we have reached our our white female quota for the year. So um, I would definitely encourage writing about a minority at this stage, unless you want to wait until next year. Okay. 
Good going. Uh, oh, and follow yeah. us on Twitter. Sorry. Follow us on Twitter, 365 women a year. Um, and keep up with all of our shenanigans there. We love shenanigans. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. The whole thing about inequality, women being in the minority in theater has been getting more and more play over the last number of years. I have been hearing about it practically at every conference I go to. Um, anytime there's a gathering, anytime there's there's a symposium, the subject always comes up, whether or not it's addressed in, in a classroom atmosphere or it's just conversation. Women aren't getting enough opportunities. Women aren't enough in enough power situations. There aren't enough women playwrights being produced. Every year, the noise gets bigger. Has, yeah. the, has there been any kind of progress on this? Are women getting more? <laughs> it's... It's really hard for me to say. I don't even know if I feel qualified to answer that because, you know, this is this is a very specific and, and small project compared to a lot of the activism going on right now with in, in pertains to that specifically. Um, my general feel and outlook being a female writer, you know, I'm a I'm a screenwriter and um yeah, I'm out in LA now and I don't really think that it's as big of a deal as it once was to be a female and a writer. I think in a way, um, people are looking for ways to include women more in the industry because like you said, it's kind of a hot topic right now sure, and, and yeah. you know, people want more female writers out there and they want to see more female names in those credits after the film or after the, the television show. Um, and I don't think women writers are maybe as discriminated against as say like women directors. I think it's a definitely a totally different ball game. I think if, if you write a good script, I really don't think it, it matters. If you get it in the right hands, if you're a woman, mm -hmm. someone will produce it. Um, and I do think that's getting better. Um, but as far as theater goes, uh, I do think there's still a long way to go um, because I do think that in a way, I feel like theater's almost a little more old school when you get to the very top of, you know, the tip of the iceberg, which is like Broadway. And, you know, I think there's still a lot of, you know, older, very traditionalist men who kind of run the show. And so I think that that's going to take more time to even out. And I think in Hollywood as well, you know, that's going to take more time because, um, there still aren't that many women at the top, you know, CEOs or executives right, right. of companies, you know, we had one Sony and then she had to resign, you know, so, uh, <laughs> don't even get me started on that. It's an attrition but, game. We'll just wait for them to die off. Yeah. Poor Amy. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think I think it's getting better. I have a lot of optimism in that area, and I think as the generations, you know, uh, grow older, I think um, men in my generation and younger are definitely more uh, prone to equality of the sexes. So I think that's great, and I think it'll just get better as as the generations go on. Yeah, let's hope for that one. Um, yourself, personally, do you hold female playwrights to a higher bar than male playwrights? Or is, are you more 
emotionally invested, personally invested in the success of their work? Uh, I would be lying if I said uh, no. I think uh, it's just human nature uh, for someone who is marginalized to root for marginalized people. I think that's the same with any minority group. I still think it's really weird that women are considered minorities because we're like 51% of the world, but, um, but we are still minorities. Um, but we're, so we're, not, I, we're not counting population. We're counting right. how many women are out there in the same businesses as men. Right. And you know, we're still marginalized and yeah. we're still discriminated against. So we, we are still minority in that, in that light. But, um, yeah, I, I think I root a little bit more for, for women. Every time I see a female writer up on the screen, I get really excited or I, you know, I want to go look her up and see what else she's written. And, um, you know, when I go see a, a play written by a woman, I want it to be good because just like anything, when there's a smaller group of you out there, people are going to judge your work by your gender or by your race. And it's as horrible as that is, and everyone would agree with that, um, you do get worried about, you know, well, if there's this one female playwright who makes it to Broadway and the show gets really badly reviewed, then all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, it's because she's a female, you know? and. I don't think that happens so much anymore, but it does still happen sometimes. So, of course, I still I root for, for female writers, maybe a little more so. Mm. All right. Your own work. Uh, you are a playwright. You are now writing screenplays. You're out in L.A. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Who do you write about? Who are your subjects? <laughs> what stories do you uh, want to tell? So, well, particularly with 365, um, uh, last year I wrote about Victoria Woodhall, who, you know, it's funny because you were mentioning how many names you don't recognize on the list. Right. And she's someone that a lot of people don't recognize either, which is very interesting because she was a very famous woman in the late 1800s in New York. She was the first woman to ever run for president of the United States. Um I mean, obviously, before women got the vote, but she did it as more of an activist kind of um, statement, if you will. But her running mate was Frederick Douglass. I mean, she was one of the first women to ever be a stockbroker on Wall Street. She had her own business with her sister. She ran a newspaper. I mean, she was incredible. You know, she was... Um, she campaigned for free love and, you know, all of these things way ahead of her time. Right. She went to jail like a number of times, you know, as any cool woman does. That was, that was bad. I shouldn't say that. Um, <laughs> well, here, but, here, here's know, my rhetorical stupid question of the day. Why haven't we heard about this woman? I don't know. I, you know, it's frustrating, you know, she because. It seems like she never slept and, and she was just. <laughs> doing things that, I mean, other women wouldn't even dream of doing at the time. Yeah, and the thing about her is she wasn't even, you know, she wasn't upper class. She didn't come from a rich family. She didn't have any of this stuff fed to her. She came from, like, Ohio, you know, and then she just went to New York and made all these things happen, and she made a lot of people angry, and, um, and she caused a lot of ruckus. And yeah, nobody talks about her, which is really weird. But I did, I did find out in my research that there has been an opera written about her, which huh. is super cool. Um, 
but yeah, you know, we, that, that's the whole idea of this project. You know, we, we need to get the word out about those women because she was obviously a very important figure of the time and she doesn't get talked about. So that's, that's the idea. There you go. Um, okay. Let's go off in a completely different direction. This will be probably my last or next to last question. Uh, we share a passion for one uh, for a famous writer, Kurt Vonnegut. You on your oh, website, yeah. you you list *Sirens of Titan* as your favorite book. Yes. Why? My favorite book of all time. I, I, I can read anything by Vonnegut. I must have read right. *Cat's Cradle* at least a dozen times. Yeah, *Breakfast of Champions*, *Slaughterhouse Five*. God bless you, Mister Rosewater. *Sirens right. of Titan*. That was his second book. Sirens of Titan. It was, yeah, it was written in the fifties. Um, I read it in college for a, a lit class and it blew my mind and I wasn't even taking drugs. And <laughs> I, was, I was just like, how does this man do this? You know, how does he make me think in all these different directions? And every time I read it, I get a different perspective on it and I get new things out of it. And um, it's just a special, it's a special story because he literally attempts to answer the meaning of the universe. I mean, how many books do that? <laughs> Successfully? I'm not sure. Uh, well, Gina Scanlon, thank you so very, very much for being with us today. And uh, 365 Women a Year, the website, the festival, yes. the Twitter feed, the Facebook. Give it all to us one more time so we know where to go. All right, sure. Um, I think if you want to get involved, the fastest way to do it is to go to our Facebook page, which is just just type 365 women a year. You'll see it. Um, if you're in a particular city and you want to check to see if there's one in your city, uh, we have a lot of branches. We have New York. Um, we have L.A. We have Austin. We have one in Vermont. Um, so just, you know, play around on Facebook to see if there's one in your area. Uh, go to our Twitter page. Follow us on Twitter. Three, 365 women a year. It's pretty easy to remember. All of these things are three, 365 women a year. And then the website, one more time, is 365womenayear.wordpress.com. If you want to follow me or Jess, feel free to do that as well. I'm on Twitter. I'm uh, Jean Gina 3D, J E A N G I N A 3D. Um, uh, join us and long may it rain.